is where real and virtual motorsport meet. From the ITA studio, to the paddock, to the sim rig. Pull up a chair, pour a drink. This is the Into the Apex Podcast. Into the Apex Podcast. Welcome to Into the Apex, Tyler Bradley from his new home studio, and Rob up in the Canadian HQ tonight. And we have a special guest uh, who we actually uh, met at Daytona. Uh, So Saturday night uh, during the Rolex 24, we're in the uh, center area, uh, kind of the bar food area, hospitality, uh, inside Daytona International Speedway. And uh, I'm wearing the Mad Sim Racing gear, uh, repping Sim Racing and uh, the Sim team. And we meet and get approached by somebody who knows, ask about the sim racing and knows about it, which we're always thrilled for. It's, it's honestly why we wear the stuff. Uh, I, we geek out when we see iRacing racing gear, uh, at races. Uh, but we strike up a conversation and lo and behold, we find out the person we just met raced in the prior days, IMSA Michelin pilot challenge. And that is Kyle Ranieri, uh, joins us tonight. He's a driver for the Rockwell Autosport development Audi and the IMSA Michelin pilot series. He's a sim racer. And, uh, we got a, a lot to talk about. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. It's the first time anybody's been thrilled to be solicited, so I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> it's it, it was really a, a, a cool surprise, and then to find out that you had raced the day before, but I think we spent more time talking about sim racing in, that, in those few moments than anything, and uh, I know we'll get to it tonight. I want to kind of start off with your racing career and how you started, because uh, looking at your history, you kind of have the trifecta that we love here on the show, and our longtime listeners, I know, will dial in on it. Uh, you had from a very young age, starting with karting, and we love karting here. Uh, you've you're very much into sim racing, and we're going to dig into that a bit. And then, of course, racing in IMSA and uh, mm-hmm. and real you know automobile racing. So it's kind of that that beautiful trifecta that we love here. But uh, start start back all the way back to age nine. If we want to, if we're going to do the inside the actor studio version of starting with karting and how you kind of progressed up through there and, and got a love for this type of sport. Yeah. Well, it's, it's pretty non-typical. Like, uh, you know, you see a lot of drivers start in karts, then make their way through formula and, and SCCA and club and then into pro racing. So that start that much is, is pretty typical. Um, how it happened is not at all. So it's pretty interesting. Um, I don't come from a racing family at all. My dad, uh, pours concrete and played soccer. He's a fat Italian from St. Louis. <laughs> and, uh, I, we had a, um, in grade school, um, there was a kid in my, like two or three years older than me who was like an international karting sensation. Like he's, there's a picture of him, uh, above the podium against Max Verstappen and mm. WKA Daytona. And they gave him a pep rally and I'm like six years old. I'm like, how the hell do I get a pep rally? This is BS. So I was like, dad, like I, I love racing. I, I watched like NASCAR and stuff on TV. My first word was car. I had no idea you could do this when you were like a kid. So I was like, please get me a go-kart, please. And he's like, absolutely not. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. And then he meets his dad at a party and he's like, my kid will not shut up about this. 
and kind of gets the gets the ball rolling and we got a go-kart and ended up being pretty decent at it thank god and uh i raced for about 10 years or so in go-karts uh you start at kind of a two cycle class and i did shifters i did four cycles i did everything we went uh i was a three-time state champion and then moved to the midwest competed in the midwest and then kind of went to a national series and then kind of the natural progression happened where it's like you know nobody's calling me to tell me you know here's your formula four ride and we didn't really know how it worked so mm-hmm. i kind of stopped racing i went to college i played lacrosse at osu and uh that point i realized i was like you know you can kind of do whatever you want with your life you don't have bills you don't have kids you don't have any obligations other than what beer am i drinking this afternoon (laughs) so i was like man what's the happiest you've ever been and it was when i was driving around the country with my dad racing go-karts so i just decided you know i don't care what it takes if other people have done it i will figure it out so i walked i would drive to the local track which like crazy enough i went to school in oklahoma and there's a road course racing circuit like 30 minutes from the the school which is just wild just a wild occurrence um so i would go there and i was like you know i don't know anybody here somebody has to just give me a job or convict me of trespassing (laughs) so (laughs) i went there and they're like who is this annoying kid for like six weekends in a row and they're like all right give the annoying kid a job so then i was a flag man i was a corner Mm -hmm. worker and they were like, okay, you broke college student. Um, at the time, I had started a business uh, flipping 240SX Nissans mm. um, with like just floating the titles, like incredibly illegal. Don't do it. I was 18 <laughs> stupid. Um, but <laughs> I made enough money at the time to buy my dream car, which was a 2013 Boss 302 and the appropriate level, le- appropriate color school bus yellow Parnelli Jones. So that was my car. And I was like, I have this track car. I have no money to take it to the track because I couldn't sell Nissans anymore because I got into trouble. Um, and then they're like, okay, every three days that you work, you can drive your car on track. I'm like, we're getting somewhere. Nice. So I worked like every day. I was doing track days and they're like, yeah, this kid's pretty darn good for mm-hmm. some reason. I was like, well, I raced go-karts growing up. You know, It's kind of my background. And uh, the owner of the track at the time ran Spec Racer Fords um, in the runoffs. They ran in like all the SCCA series. And he was like, kind of showed me how the real world works. Mm. And he was like, hey, if you got some talent, like, you know, we have a spot open. You got to kind of try out for it, kind of like a movie moment. So mm. I got, he gave me a free test and kind of a free tryout. And I just like blew all of his other drivers out of the water. So he was like, okay, like we'll get the kid in the car. So <laughs> I, dro- I drove for Scott for a while. Uh, I did really well with him. Um, and then from there I moved, I was working a job at the time for uh, this kind of trucking company out of college. And I moved down to Dallas for work and got hooked up with the guys at Crosslink Formula Four and uh, did some testing in Radical Cup. And all this time I'm like sneaking away from my desk, trying to learn like the business of motorsports and like how to get the money to pay for it because I'm still broke. <laughs> and it's a very expensive sport. And I'm like, I have the talent. I just don't have the money. I'm like, yeah. money's the easy part. Let's just go figure out how to get people to pay for it. So from then on, I just kind of became like a student of the sport. And like, how do I sell racing? How do I make it valuable for my investors? Um, there's so much information on how people have funded racing. I mean, you've got everything from like the sketchiest, which is like the Whitting- Whittington brothers flying in yeah. weed and <laughs> bringing it in on speedboats. So I'm yeah, like, I don't yeah. want to do that. And then you've got like the Rossi method where it's like, I'll 
give you 50% of my career earnings for the rest of time if you give me a hundred grand. So I kind of landed in the middle. Um, (laughs) I was able to like use my marketing degree and kind of my relation, just keep networking and building relationships to where I could give uh, investors an equitable return. And I was able to partner with some really awesome charities, which helped me give people tax breaks and also give back to causes that I appreciate. And that's what led me to IMSA as uh, I got picked up by a Hyundai satellite team. It's called CB Motorsports. And I uh, drove the Veloster in my debut season, which was last year, the 2022 season. And uh, about halfway through, I switched over to the Rockwells at Audi and I've uh, been hooked up with them ever since. And we're going to run the last couple of races, hopefully run the last couple of races this year. Might be with them, might be with another Hyundai team. Um, this will be my second year in IMSA now. So that's kind of my journey. It, it sounds like, I mean, you had that baseline of karting for several years from a young age, and then you get to get to college and just put yourself out there at a, in a motorsport place. I mean, like any of these places around the country in the U.S., you got these kind of historic, scrappy road courses that have been there forever. You know, pit race in Pittsburgh, uh, Road America, Road Atlanta, VIR comes to mind. I mean, just these kind of gritty, natural track limit type tracks here in this country, especially. And you put yourself there and did flag work and just did the work and showed up and it kind of led, sounds like that kind of took the progression, just being persistent. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I do a bunch of talks and, uh, I'm a keynote speaker a lot of times for, for charities and partners that I have. And one thing that I always say is you have to put yourself in a position for good things to happen to you. So I always thought I was like, you know, you're not going to get anywhere closer to being a professional race car driver, I racing in your fraternity house, but you will, (laughs) if you show up at a racetrack where there's other professional yes. drivers. So that's what God I did. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Rob just killed, you just killed Rob. So yeah. I'm, I'm out of so here. Sorry. Peace out, guys. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you look behind Rob on the camera. He's got, uh, it's not a fire suit. It's the abrasion suit for karting. So we have, we go. have those loose karting dreams and Rob's is sadly hanging on his wall behind him in his studio. Well, I'm waiting on all you guys. These guys told me like, yeah, we're going to go karting. We're going to go karting. I was like, all right, <laughs> grab the suit. We're ready to go. And they're just I'm like, go. uh, we got a girlfriend now. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So going from karting to a, a car or something faster, uh, what was the leap like to that? And what, what carried over? Because I know you mentioned kind of looking at formula cars, but, but then getting your own car for track days and then obviously driving, jumping now to the TC cars. Uh, What translates, what doesn't as far as from a cart uh, to that? Yeah. You get a lot of people telling you you're an idiot because (laughs) of how you have to drive, how you drive a cart because a cart doesn't have a differential, right? So if you ever watch like the world karting championships, you'll notice they'll take a really, really wide entry line and then hike the steering wheel super hard to get that inside rear tire up. Uh, if you do that in a car, you're going to spin or you're going to end up in a hedge. Um, it's just yeah. not conducive to anything regarding smoothness. Um, so I'm like doing that in my street car and they're like, okay, step one, stop that. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, but what is nice, and I've had teammates now who've come up through the karting ranks and I've also had teammates who started in like WRL and started straight up with cars. I think the racecraft that you get just growing up racing go-karts is way better than somebody who comes from kind of a WRL or a track day background. I'd say it's a little bit more aggressive. That's probably a hit or miss opinion. There's some people that are like, I hate racing with go-kart kids. And there's other people that are like, yeah, they get it done. So depending on what side of the sword you're on, um, it can be a blessing or it can be a curse, but like I'll 
make moves where other people don't see there's moves to be made. Um, I'll do it safely, of course, to an extent, but you can definitely create a hole where others might not see it. Uh, because with a cart, like you could change, like, especially in Vegas, like for the super nationals, and you might change position like three or four times a lap. So you're used to making these big, bold moves in tight spaces, and it doesn't really phase you. Uh, Bradley and I got a very big respect for faster karting. Uh, we went to pit race in Pittsburgh and got kind of treated to a day of, of fast karting, and we were hurting at the end of that day and had a very oh, yeah. new a new yeah, respect there, for the, the bravery and the uh, precision of the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, there's, there's a picture of me. Uh, it appears in the pictures that I'm attempting to get out of this cart, but the reality <laughs> is is I was physically unable to get out of that cart. <laughs> oh, I believe it. Yeah, we did. Um, I had a, a wreck uh, at Newcastle, Indiana, which is like this big, scary karting track in the middle of the U.S. And a couple of years later, I had an x-ray done uh, on my ribs. And mm-hmm. you can see all these kind of like hair micro line calcium deposits from where my ribs just continuously fractured growing up. Yeah. So I'm like a turtle. Like I have just like this <laughs> giant thick rib cage now is pretty oh, sweet wow. that's amazing <laughs> yeah, see, i experienced that too after, yeah because uh, we, we didn't have any sort of rib protection in these carts yeah so probably for a good two weeks afterwards i kept having this this sharp pain in my side well, eventually i came to the conclusion that's had, that had to have been what it was well, they're gonna no. kill us because i it's the k100 or the k100 that was the fastest. the k100 is that was, was. Uh, so going around and that may not even be i don't know how fast they go i don't know where that falls in the spectrum I, i'm gonna it's not a shifter card I, I know it wasn't that but uh, I have to embarrass myself and say through a fast corner in the helmet, every time I was taking that corner, I was literally moaning because of the pressure <laughs> on my side. So I, I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. That's why they don't do mic'd up carding. <laughs> no, it's, it's not flattering, not flattering at all. <laughs> um, so at what point, so I know you're, you're very much into iRacing and sim racing. Um, at what point in all of this does sim racing come in and become something that you do when you're not at the real track. Yeah, I have, um, and you can kind of reference my my sim rig progression that I, I sent you, Tyler. Uh, yes. I got into iRacing pretty late. Like I, I grew up playing like sim arcades and like I think the closest thing I had to a sim was like Project Cars that I was playing with a controller on an Xbox growing up. So like the real sim world didn't get introduced to me until I was probably 20, 21. I'm 25 now. Um, and I started with like a Logitech on a desk and then went from a Logitech on a desk to a Logitech on two by fours that resembled an 8020 rig. Mm. And that kind of, I had some crazy up and downs with that. And, uh, now I'm in my big 8020 rig with triple 32s and a nice DD two and sim tag ultimate blacks. So like I kind of have the world now I feel pretty special. <laughs> so but, I'm going to paint the picture here and those on, on our YouTube side, the video is going to pop up uh, on the clip uh, or the picture because um, you, you did send me some pictures of your sim racing progression. And I have to ask, it, it looks like an actual car seat with the seatbelt <laughs> clip included attached to a, a sturdy looking rig, quite honestly. Uh, is that one, a car seat, which I assume it is. And two, do you remember what kind of car it came from? Yeah, put some respect on it. That's a Honda Accord from 05. <laughs> um, we put a black light to it and it lit up like a Christmas tree. So we oh, think mm. it, was in, it was in some sort of fatal incident. Oh, boy. Mm. Yeah. 
It's so cursed. I sat on that for like two years. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah, I have a rig just like that. It's all wood, but it's like, it's solid. My buddy built it for me and you can put a DD on this thing. It will oh, not yeah. flex. Like it's solid and it's got a cursing on it too, but it's from like an 84 forerunner. Don't hate the <laughs> oh, wood, wow. man. Yeah. Oh man, it's solid. It's sitting in my burn right now because I just can't get rid of it. Absolutely. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, I had to I had to sell mine for fifty bucks. And somebody was like, Are you yeah. sure like you shouldn't be paying me to take this? And I'm like, I swear. It's yeah, good. you uh, for good measure, Kyle sent me the uh, looks like Facebook marketplace for this rig and and I will quote it. Incredible piece of sim racing engineering used for several years with my Logitech G G920. But NASA found out I took it from their lab and it started to track me down. Need this heat off me before it's too late. $50. <laughs> no low balls. I know what I got. See, Yeah. <laughs> Very solid. But I will say this. I, I agree with both of you guys that I have, I mean, I have what Bradley has. It's, I don't even know what the hell brand it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a GTR. Yeah. It's an Amazon purchase, you know, yeah. trying to get out there, but it's, it's like a thin metal and it is, I have a, a CSL DD Fanatec. Uh, that was my upgrade from the Logitech. Um, version and uh it does have a little bit of flop to it and i find myself very neurotic about that that kind of shaking uh, at one point one of my screws in the past few months actually loosened up and i was racing i think the lmp2 which is very gritty on the wheel with the high downforce and it kind of popped up a little bit and i was just beside myself like this is the realism what realism i had to any degree has completely gone because my wheel is flopping up and down so i ended up just retiring out of that race but uh, uh, that happens in real life too in sebring we cut a wheel in half so just chalk it up to an extra layer of realism that's oh, wow. that's what i will do uh yeah. but yes you, i see now you have it looks like a track racer and in your current uh racing room i mean that is ob very much a solid setup uh that's the you, office <laughs> and you even have the which i love it looks like kind of like the 3d printed or the cutouts of different tracks uh, on yeah, the wall those are my brother gets me those every year so it's every year um he picks a track that i had gone to for the first time and he's been doing it for four years now i have a cutout of a uh, c-ring i haven't hung up yet but uh, it's a nice. cool thing that i get to hang up in in my sim room every year and as far as equipment uh what you said you have a, is it a fan attack that you have yeah it's the dd2 very nice. Which I am not a proponent that you should purchase that <laughs> for the extra money. I don't think yeah. it's worth it. Um, I got a killer deal on it. And it's the only reason I own it. Um, but it is an awesome piece of hardware. Like I am, I am a Fanatec fanboy now. Yeah. Um, we'll probably switch over to SimiCube in the future and be an elitist. But for now. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Rob? You're scum. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, that's the Rob thing. has Thrustmaster. For those that don't I've know, Rob been. is a Thrustmaster boy. That's it. There's there's nobody who's a Thrustmaster guy who's like, yeah, you know, I went through Fanatec and Semicube and Logitech, and I just really landed on Thrustmaster. No, it's like I came out the yeah. womb a Thrustmaster baby. That's, yeah. like, yeah, that's called, exactly it. I, I called Rob a Thrustmaster boy because when he becomes a man, he'll get Fanatec. <laughs> Ouch. Jesus. I, I did not see that coming. Uh, <laughs> love, you, miss you. love you, miss you, Rob. Yeah, go in the corner, Rob, and sock. Yeah. Uh, so, the so when, <laughs> one day he is going to do the show with the suit on because it will get its money's worth at some point. Yeah. We said we're going to do like Joe Rogan and uh, yes. who was it? him and Duncan Trussell and they get yeah. the space suits on. Bizarre. Sit there. Yeah. Very bizarre. And don't address it. Just completely act through the whole normal for like three yeah. hours and just talk in it. You should Rob make it a subscriber one. goal. Yeah. Get Rob yeah. in the suit. Yeah. <laughs> he has to wear make the suit campaign. for a certain amount of time. 
so when you're on iRacing, do you strictly do uh, road racing? Do you venture into the oval side of things? Like what are your, what are your preferred series when you get on any kind of sim? So I, I was an iRacing official guy. I recently diverted into like the, the leagues, which is just like everybody says way better. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit later, but I, I did run some oval stuff being in Charlotte. Uh, all my NASCAR buddies come over and heckle me. Um, my road license right now is like a rookie class. I've done two races and I've won both and I'm holding on to my hundred percent win rate. So I refuse to do any more oval <laughs> races. <laughs> yeah. Oval. I think oval league racing has been some of the more, fun because with cautions and official sessions it, it can turn into a real disaster i find uh, a real yeah. caution fest when there's no kind of ingrained respect but uh i know you so so what kind of league racing have you been doing and do, are you a weekly league racer when you can or how do you kind of digest it yeah it's a weekly series called the mprl middle of the pack racing league um, I actually found it cause I was running, I was getting ready for road America and I was doing a bunch of public lobby sessions just to kind of like see where I matched up against some of the higher I rating guys. And I had just been destroying everybody all week long. Cause I had put in like a hundred hours. So I was running like crazy times in the TCR car and I get in this one race and there's this guy, Jason Landry, who's got like a 7,000 I rating, which I was beating those guys anyway. And he just put a bus on me like just <laughs> disrespected me and turns he's a fellow canadian rob and he turns out to be like okay. the nicest guy ever like he of follows course. me on instagram he's he's doing a land cruiser bill we're like talking about the car that he's making where i'm gonna get him out to ctmp to see the race and uh he runs a that league uh mprl which is a gr86 league I know wow. you guys had talked about like, man, somebody should really put together a GR86 yes. league and they're pulling like 40 to 60 cars sometimes. Oh, wow. And I've got a link for the Discord server that I that I sent you, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, they divide it into rookie, pro-am, and, or am, pro-am, and pro classes based on I-rating and like super clean all the way around. Um, they do a broadcast with an announcer who's super, super good. Sounds just like John Hindall from IMSA. Oh yeah. Uh, keeps it exciting. Mm. Like an awesome, awesome group of guys all active on discord. So I think I got really lucky and found a really awesome league right away. Um, cause the racing is spectacular and I'm I kind of get embarrassed cause I'm showing up as the pro guy and finishing like P3, but everybody's super good and the community is awesome. And it's just a fun time in a slow car. Yeah, that that car. I know I said in a recent episode that car is probably the the funnest car that I've driven on the service lately. I mean, as much hype as the GTP gets or got, I mean yeah. that car is a blast to drive. You can kind of lean on it and lean on each other a little bit to an extent. And Sound, it sounds good. Yeah, it checks, it checks all the boxes you needed needed yeah. to check. I can't but wait I, to I see like it. The iRacing like tire model struggles with like slip angle and getting loose, and the GR86 nails it. Like yeah. you can run it loose and it's super fun and it's manageable. That kind of uh, is perfectly ties in what I want to kind of get to now, which is what we always get to when we are talking to somebody that to any degree has been on the sim uh, and raced in real life uh, and any cars that, you know, any kind of fast car that is on the sim, especially um, what, what tie-ins would you say as far as, I don't know. It's always, I try to word this in a way that's not embarrassing and, and also correct. Any kind of tie-ins, any benefits that translate from one to the other, what is most realistic? Those are kind of the questions that always come to mind to us of, of what 
if any benefits go from one to the other or if they kind of stand alone uh, to an extent. Yeah, huge. I think it, it kind of boils down to two things. Um, your eyes is a huge one. So during a track walk, like I'll make, I'll make note of points of references on the track where I want to have a visual for the, the entry, the mid corner and the exit. And those, uh, iRacing does a really good job with the laser scans and kind of things on the outside of the track. Um, like for instance, Laguna Seca going through the corkscrew, you're supposed to look at the tree in the middle and iRacing actually nailed that perfectly. It's, that's your visual for going down the corkscrew in the sim and in real life. Um, and there's a couple other things that line up with it, but really just getting used to training your eyes for those visual cues um, is something I spent a lot of time on pre-race in the sim. Um, and then another thing that I don't hear a lot of drivers talking about is racecraft. Um, I'll usually pick two or three corners where I know I want to make a pass that won't sacrifice my lap times. And I can go out and test that in official servers or in league racing or with a couple buddies that get on and just kind of practice your racecraft. And it also gives you a really good opportunity to see how other people will react naturally uh, because you get a fresh set of people every single time in an official race. So seeing how other drivers react. They don't, they don't know you're kind of testing them, but you are. Um, yeah, I might make a move on a corner that I wouldn't have normally made a move on just to see how the field reacts and how my lap times are affected. And I'll play around with that quite a bit just to get kind of a battle strategy, like a plan of attack before a race. Yeah, I've always felt like um, having only ridden on hot laps, that's, that's as close as it gets for Bradley and I. I've never had the opportunity to drive at speed. Um, I feel like the sim is almost like a, a mental game, like a mental acuity thing, because you're the faster the car on the sim, the more your reaction time. I feel like it keeps, at least it keeps me from probably getting dementia. Let's say that's, that's a stretch, but it's, I knew that <laughs> I wasn't would get expecting you to yeah, go there. I knew that would get, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. If that makes sense, it's, it's kind of a mental reaction test. Uh, it feels like it to me, at least. I mean, it, uh, it is, you kind of can't think of anything else, but then again, going to a track that you've never raced in a real car, get learning the track. And I know it, it really doesn't capture elevation changes really that well. I mean, there's limitations with monitors and dimensions, but generally it seems like if you were going to drive a track for the first time, if you, if you did several laps in a sim, you would at least have a good idea what's coming to some extent. Yeah. And another thing I left out that's not, might not be applicable to, uh, specifically Rob's setup, Mr. Thrustmaster. <laughs> but um, it's like my, my pedals uh, tuned by a company called SimCraft down in Florida. Yeah. And they are exact, the brake pedal is exactly the same as the TCR car. It's about two inches of travel and an inch and a quarter of travel and 600 PSI. So my left calf is huge. But my, <laughs> my uh, the, the advantage of that is like muscle memory. So even though the breaking right. points might be a bit different uh, in the sim versus in real life on track, um, my like breaking muscle memory for like how much force I should take and trail breaking and whatnot is pretty much dead on. So invest so you, in pedals. Yeah, that, that seems to be a real big key. I mean, getting load cell pedals made a huge difference for me as much as there was a little bit of a growing pain and issues there was a time where i was when i first got my fanatec load cell pedals where i was telling these guys i mean i'm done i'm done for i can't do it but now i mean i, I couldn't do without right uh so i want to kind of go back to the real racing side of things um you you've done karting you've done track days uh driven your own car and and kind of gotten into team competitive racing 
uh, through the track that you were working at. Uh, you make the jump to IMSA. I know you said last year, uh, driving TC cars and then coming into this year at Daytona. I want to get to Daytona in a little more depth in, a, in just a moment. But uh, what's it like going to your first professional race where you're an IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge driver? I can't imagine the first event that you that's on your fire suit. Those are the cars. IMSA radios in the background. There's a grid walk and, and things of that nature. What's that like to get into that for the first time? Yeah, it's, it's as amazing as you think it is. Uh, it's, it's everything. Like I went to kindergarten with an IMSA shirt on. So it was like, you kind of have to pinch yourself and focus. Um, I kind of had an interesting pathway there. So like your first race, like you're, you're a pay driver. I don't care what your, your background is. And like, I don't have an, an oil tycoon father. So (laughs) that, that boss 302 that I worked super, super hard, uh, illegally floating car titles to buy, um, I sold it to, uh, do my first IMSA race. So I was doing like interviews on NBC and then sleeping in my truck, mm. which is that, pretty crazy. Respect so, for crazy that. dynamic. Yeah. I respect for it. that. I mean, it, that, that's something we've learned just really quickly. That's something we've learned as we've been around the track and talked to drivers and drivers that have gone pro is that there's certainly, there's more than any other sport it's, you know, there's a financial aspect, obviously, and I think everybody gets it and you got to love the sponsors and the companies that invest because that keeps it going. I mean, and it's, it's pretty clear. I mean, uh, good in companies that invest and are willing to sponsor and get out there. I mean, motorsport fans are loyal to those sponsors because that keeps our world going round. Hugely, hugely. And I'm still dependent on it and I'm still trying to give, figure out new ways to give everybody a good return and, uh, not make it just about, you know, a sponsorship as a donation. It's like, no, I I want you to get something out of it too. I want, you know, good ROI and a good experience. And IMSA has such an incredible network of just like the most powerful business people on the planet. Like I sat next to Jim Farley at Daytona. He's Mm -hmm. the CEO of Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Like he dapped me up. It was dope. I told him <laughs> I love my F-150. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's crazy. Like you can do some serious, serious stuff for your business, no matter what industry you're in. Uh, you can meet some people that will reduce your expenses or help with, with connections and accounts or, you know, even integrate sales leads, stuff like that. Like I have a data company now that will do survey data uh, for IMSA fans so you can really know what your if your the fans are interested in your products stuff like that uh but to get back to sebring because you know it got better after i slept in my truck um (laughs) i remember going around turn 10 and if you've been to sebring you know about the animal people in turn 10 uh guys that are building scaffolding structures three stories high and hanging bras from them Uh, they're the coolest people ever and we were out in the formation lap and usually like i am i've been racing all my life like i'm laser focused in the car Um, my heart rate's super low i could fall asleep on the grid and i broke concentration and just saw like this wall of people all cheering and going crazy and drinking and having a great time on turn 10 and it was like that moment of like oh my god Mm -hmm. you're here yeah. And like, I'll never forget that feeling. It's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, after the race, it was like, it's like rookie hazing to like go out and be with all those fans. And they treated me so well. They gave me like the full tour. Um, I talked to some of the guys still this day on my Facebook and stuff like that. I have the Sebring VIP tag on my Hyundai racing backpack. Like 
it was just the greatest experience ever being a driver, being able to race in it, like being aware of what's going on around you. Um, and then still being able to perform and do really well, um, was just like, makes it all worth it. What's it like competing in the, the TC car? Um, obviously again, we have the SIM comparison and iRacing has done a great job of increasing their TC lineup and it's really a fun car to drive. I mean, that, that style of racing, Bradley will spend hours telling you that, that because of it, he bought a Hyundai Elantra in. Uh, so he, his daily driver, his daily driver is based on IMSA Michelin pilot TC cars. There you uh, what's go. it like, what's it like competing in that, that type of car specifically? Everybody's so good. They're so good. Like I, you know, when you're in the national karting level, everybody's good. Um, when you're kind of in the middle in like the pro am, am series, like the SCCA stuff, every, there's hit or miss. You might have a couple of good guys. Everybody in IMSA is good. Everyone. They're good at business. They're good at driving. They're good at everything. Um, so you've got this crazy level of competition. Plus these cars are incredible machines. Um, I just took some sponsors out to a test day in the Elantra, by the way, which the first time I drove it was on Monday. Spectacular car. Good choice. Um, <laughs> and they're like, you had to explain to them that this is a $300,000 Hyundai. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And one of my favorite things I did um, when I drove for Audi was you get a lot of Audi fans, like Audi Club of America would come. And the first thing I'd say is this car is lying to you. Like it's an RS3, but it's a four cylinder and it's front wheel drive. Like this is a lie. <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> a NASCAR is not a Camry because it has a sticker that says Camry. Right. Like this, right, right. you know, there's, there's a lot of OEM parts on these TCR cars. Um, but they're purebred racing machines and they act like it. Uh, I remember my first impression of the Veloster was going into hotel corner at Sebring and I was hitting the brakes. It's like, it's just like what you hear about the F1 guys where it's like, man, these things, these brakes are incredible. And they're like, you're using 40%. But yeah. That, <laughs> that happened to me. Wow. Where they're like the, the Bosch ABS system in all these TCR cars, it's like a $30,000 ABS system. And it's not like a normal car where you hit the pedal and it kind of vibrates and you know, you're in the ABS. No, it's like kick the thing through the firewall and it will stop. <laughs> and the only way to stop faster is to hit a tree. Wow. Oh, wow. It stops yeah. with authority and the Michelin tires are freaking incredible. Um, um that's not a sponsor spotlight. Right. They're just yeah. really, really <laughs> good tires. Um, the front wheel drive car, that was the first time I drove a front wheel drive car was when I went to TCR. Um, so going sideways at 120 miles an hour through turn one at Sebring and your brain has to say, hit the gas to straighten it back out is kind of a screws your mind. Yeah, but, but once you get used to it, it's awesome. Like the car is super controllable. It's very much like you kind of, if it's on the edge and you got to bring it back, it's like you, you grab it. Like there's, there's no finesse to it. It's like, no, like kick the freaking gas pedal and go. Um, but other than that, it, you know, some cars are really flowy. Like the Audi with the DSG was a really flowy car. The, uh, uh, Elantra that I drove is a really flowy car. Uh, the Veloster is a really loose car because it's a shorter wheelbase. So each of them have their own personality, but they're just incredible racing machines. Um, I've driven some of the most incredible street cars out there through private coaching. Um, the only car that I've driven that's faster than a TCR car is the Radical car. And that's a 1,200-pound full aero monster. Mm. So you give and you take, right? Yeah, I, I saw those for the one and only time at uh, Barber last year uh, as a support race for IndyCar, and I was blown away by them. I really enjoyed 
just watching those compete. Um, yeah. I want to kind of geek out a little bit more for a second in that I always like to ask about the, the sensations, the bravery, the courage at, at top speed in any car and in any, in anything you've driven that's fast. Uh, we had David Perel from European Le Mans series on here a couple years ago, and he described it as the attack to your senses, uh, in certain conditions. Uh, what's it like at that top speed moment on any given course on any given, in any given fast car? Is there a moment where you're, you're thinking about how fast I'm going and how fast I'm about to come to a slow for a sharper corner, or do you just completely get into a flow and a rhythm? It's usually pretty flowy. Um, the, and that just comes down to like, if I thought about it, then I wouldn't have enough time to think about not dying. Yeah. So it, it's easier when, like, I remember before I got, you know, into pro-am racing and I was just doing, you know, coaching and driving people's like really fast street cars. Like you think about it a little bit. Um, but the race car is such a violent environment. Like our cabin temperatures are like 140 degrees. You know, there's no sound deadening. The suspension is super stiff. Like there's so you're just on sensory overload. And if you paid attention to it, you wouldn't be able to pay attention to anything else. So you kind of tune everything out. Um, that being said, when you're doing 160 some odd miles an hour around Daytona or Road America, like, you know, it for sure, <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, you're not unaware of it. It just feels expensive. <laughs> That's true. It's like we did when we did, uh, the hot laps at uh, pit race. Um, I jumped into a much faster car than what I think Tyler got into. And the guy that uh, took Tyler on the, on the hot lap made a comment because we had that we had porsche 911s we had aston martins all different cars i think he had an old old uh volkswagen jetta and the guy got out of the car and was like yep some of these cars are fast but going fast is scary that that stuck with me as a a guy who seemed like a veteran of like local kind of regional racing yeah track that just kind of stuck with me yeah going fast is scary I don't I think people realize how fast yeah. real real race cars are. So we had, um, there was a test day out at Circuit of the Americas and there was a TCR car there and the brand new at the time, 911 GT2. And that GT2 makes what, like 700 horsepower and is a renowned track weapon of a car. And the TCR car is 10 seconds faster. Mm. 10 seconds at Circuit of the Americas. So that's like a quarter mile. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it just puts people into perspective because it's like, but I thought it was a a hatchback or a sedan. Like, no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. So I know as you continue this season, um, you shared with me some of the charities you're supporting and uh, there are two of them. And one of them is very familiar to us. Uh, We're very close to Operation Motorsport. Uh, yeah. I want to kind of give you as we as we kind of close out a bit, uh, give you a chance to talk about some of those those causes. Operation Motorsport. Our listeners are very much uh, in tune with them, and I was really excited to see that on your list, uh, as well as uh, Wings and Wheels Foundation. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so lucky to be able just to be associated with both of those guys. Um, I got to meet the Operation Motorsport Sports guys this Monday. Uh, Jason Leach um, yes. who's, was down there. Uh, what an amazing guy. What an amazing group of people. Um, our Hyundai this year, so with with Bob Diley's new um, factory-supported team, um, is, is a new team for him. So this year that I'm in negotiations with, and they're actually going to run a full veteran pit crew for the remainder of the IMSA Michelin pilot season. And 
these guys have no experience in in motorsports or IMSA, um, but they have the incredible experience of being able to serve our country and are more than capable of performing the task. And I got to speak with each of them and hear their stories. And if if you have anything to donate, please support these guys. They're they're there for the right reasons. They're they are passionate about stuff we're passionate about, whether it be motorsports, some of them sim race, and they're just so excited to be a part of it. And any little bit helps because Jason's going to use that money to just get more veterans involved. And if you need a team to cheer for this year, cheer on the, uh, the camo Hyundai Elantra with the full veteran pit crew with operation motorsports, because those guys are fighting an uphill battle against some super seasoned pit crew guys. And we know how important pit stops are in endurance racing. So definitely please support those guys in any way you can. Uh, great people to work with. Uh, what is, I know you mentioned, uh, uh, trying to finalize and I know you may not have everything kind of straightened out for the season, but what are your hopes for the rest of this year? Yeah. The, the dialies, the, uh, Hyundai team, um, we're talking about doing the last six races of the season. Same with the Rockwells. Both of them want me and blessed enough to have people that want me back. Um, it's just about, you know, where the funding lies. If, if anybody wants to get involved, what platform they want, which crew they want to be involved with. Um, I'd be happy to work with either of them. Uh, both great teams. All the teams are great in IMSA, even the guys that are beating me on Saturday, as much as I hate to say it. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to go to all the races, uh, even when I'm not driving and support them in any way I can. Um, so I'll be at all the all the IMSA races for the remainder of the year. Come up and say hi if you see me. I'd love to talk to you about sim racing or give you a tour of the, the paddock or anything like that. And then hopefully uh, my butt will be in the seat for the last six races of the Michelin pilot season. We could certainly attest to that. It was, it was really awesome to, to run into you at Daytona and uh, talk a little bit of sim racing and the, to really dig into it tonight. Uh, I'm certain we'll have you back on the show. We'll be at uh, what Bradley Watkins Glen VIR and road Atlanta uh, for the IMSA season, the rest of this year. Uh, so we'll I'll be at CTMP and yep, right I'll be up in Canada. So We'll uh, find you there and, and maybe stick a microphone in your face when you have a moment. Do it. <laughs> uh, everybody, if you're a fan of sim racing and somebody that just claws their way up and, and is doing it the right way, uh, Kyle Ranieri, thanks for joining us. Go to kylerenieriracing.com. Follow him on social media and follow his career this year in IMSA in the IMSA Michelin Pilot Series. Kyle, thanks so much for a few minutes tonight on the show. Thanks, Tyler. It was great to meet you guys. I hope I could be on again. Hope your hope your listeners enjoyed it. I've got plenty more stories to tell, and hope I see you guys uh, in the virtual world and iRacing, racing. Or if you're at a race, absolutely come up, say hi. I love to talk and share my experience and make a good experience for you guys as well at the track. So I'm an open book. Cheers. We'll see you at the track. That's Kyle Ranieri. We'll be back on into the apex. go anywhere more into the apex is coming up tired of getting caught up in the mayhem of turn one so are we although we can't protect you from disasters in iRacing we can protect you and your family from mayhem on the road or at home the all-state javiki agency proudly protects families in ohio and pennsylvania Give John a call today at 412-561-6239. Mention Mad Sim Racing or Into the Apex when calling to receive a gift card with a qualified quote, no purchase necessary. 
Into the Apex is going back on the road in 2023, and it's all brought to you by our friends at ProCart Concepts. ProCart Concepts provides top-tier carts, parts, and consumables to the tri-state area and support based out of the Pittsburgh International Raceway. If there's anyone that can get you set in the world of karting, it's Eric and Dan with PKC. Visit ProCartConcepts.com for more information. This episode is brought to you by the racing fans at Great Hire HR. Whether you're hiring one employee or 100, Great Hire will let you keep doing what is important, running your business. For more information, visit GreatHireHR.com. You've just achieved your greatest accomplishment as a sim racer. Now what? Don't let it become just another stat you never see. Alien Awards is a service run by and for sim racers, creating clearly printed plaques on solid surfaces, something you can display proudly to mark a major victory and show off your team and sponsors. Whether you're an individual driver looking to create a memory or a league owner looking to take your season to the next level, Alien Awards can help. These are quality awards I know because I've won one. There are no setup or design fees and shipping in the U.S. is free. Take your sim racing career to new heights. Visit alienawards.net. That's alienawards.net. This episode of Into the Apex is brought to you by our partners at Track Racer. Since 2008, Track Racer has been designing and pioneering best value, high-end gaming platforms and accessories. Track Racer products are made from the highest quality materials that offer unsurpassed durability. Track Racer is supported by recognizable names such as Haley Deegan, Ross Chastain, Alex Pillow, and Alpine F1 team. Check them out through the link on our website, IntoTheApex.com, and support the show. This is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. back on into the apex and we've got a second half treat you thought kyle was heading out he is sticking with us for the entire into the apex episode and uh, i want to talk really quick i want to get you talking about mod save because that was something we were talking about and bradley and i did these surveys uh at daytona uh and that's it's kind of a you know no catch survey to get data for companies that are looking into motorsport i believe yeah surprise i stayed to solicit you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, mod save is a uh something that i started with with a buddy of mine that i met through racing and you know we were kind of talking about how racing is a great way to meet like really influential people and i had the awesome opportunity to meet a guy who's a super successful entrepreneur and he was like hey man like you might have you know what it takes to to launch some like your own business or something and it's something i've always wanted to do and uh, i thought you know what, what's something that i would really enjoy that i could you know give to the community and something that I would use. So mod save right now is, is kind of a web scraper that will pull all of the auto enthusiast blogs from all across the internet. Um, even sim racing stuff, motorsports stuff, news, business stuff, and put it all into one feed for you. So you don't have to bounce from Jalopnik and the drive and motor one and all these different publications that you might like to read to waste time. Uh, it's all just in one feed for you. And on top of that, we do giveaways. Like we gave away a thousand dollars just to kind of get the ball rolling. And a lot of these people that do giveaways, they'll do like, you know, you got to buy a bunch of 
hoodies and hats that you'll never wear to get mm. entries to the giveaway. Um, we don't want that. It's just your survey and it's anonymous. You know, we're not going to sell your your social security number and your address and your phone number. Uh, just put your email in so that we can tell you if you win or not. And then these companies can say like they, they'll make the survey questions and it's so that we can see if they're interested in motorsports or not. So they might we might have like Motul, for example, say, hey, free oil for a year. And they'll do a survey about, you know, are you interested in Motul oil as an IMSA fan or a sim racing fan or a car enthusiast? And does one of two things. One, it's a free way to enter a contest to get some really cool stuff. And two, it helps bring people into our sport so that more people like me can accomplish their dreams. And I think that's really cool. I'd, uh, I'd definitely use it, even though I own it. Um, I don't really make any money from it, but it's a cool way to get people into the sport and see if they want to be involved as a sponsor. And if you don't want to do that, then you get to read a bunch of cool articles. I like it. I mean, I've, I, me and Bradley did it at Daytona, and I've like, like you said, I've yet to get any kind of junk mail from it. Uh, like it was completely... We're not perfect. that advanced. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> uh, where, whereas I, I go to try to uh, the BMW display, and all I want to do is use the Fanatec BMW wheel that's you know thirteen hundred bucks. Unobtainium. Yeah, and yeah. I I yeah. sign up where I live in my region, and boom, one day later, before I'm even out of Orlando, I get an email from BMW of Asheville, North Carolina. So, what BMW would you like to buy? I'm like, I I'm not buying a BMW. No. <laughs> Well, you know, I and I do the same thing at the uh, the Hyundai booth. Obviously, I own a Hyundai Elantra N. Um, credit to them that that display is what caused me to go over the edge to buy it at Daytona of last year. Um, myself and Jason Bivens, who we talked about driving the car for Atmo, we were looking at it and opened it up, sat inside of it. I told Jason at Daytona, I looked him in the eye and said, "I want this car." He said, "Well, just get it." Two months later, I had it. Yeah. So it works. Oh, Bradley so pretty much cool. got out of the car and was like, looked at something. Was like, can you box this up for me, please? <laughs> well, take this to go. Some guy at Hyundai just heard that and said, "Send oh more God. emails. Yeah. Send yeah. more emails." <laughs> well, the other thing is, I've given them every time I go to an IMSA race, I use a different email, fill out the Hyundai Servi, and get another free T-shirt. So that's that's just part of it. Yeah, Bradley part has a it. massive collect. I, I believe he. You very much massive have. collection of junk mail. Yes, I no, not junk mail. But <laughs> Hyundai pressed T-shirts. I wanted. I was going to say. I do. But uh, uh, you were at Daytona. You were there looking, hemming and hawing over a Hyundai jacket. Like that's you, true. And they you, were very actually push pushy about that jacket. Well, you ask Bradley with a straight face. Asked the Hyundai representative uh, because he, knowing, of course, that he's going to go to several more IMSA races this year. He said, "Do you see this selling out through the season?" Like, That's what the hell kind question. of question is that to ask somebody? Or she said, yeah, I think she it'll said, go yeah. pretty quick. You should get it now. Right. But I decided yeah. to wait. I'll, That's the I'll only answer is if her at her job. It's the only answer. Well, that's true. Well, she couldn't tell you, no, these things are cheap pieces of shit. I wouldn't she, buy this. She'll say Which, once, I mean, the, once, once the $200 Porsche motorsports jackets sell out, these are going for sure. Oh, that's 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 a good subject for well, me. See, I, yeah, I yeah, that's that's the, funny. Tyler's got that fucking jacket. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, see, yeah. I had to pull out the line at the Hyundai booth. Oh, actually, I own a Hyundai. Mm. You've already that's captured the, that's me the same the response I got. See, that's the same response I got. Yeah, Bradley. Yeah. Bradley flies to Orlando and Daytona, but still brings his Hyundai Elantra key fob. <laughs> In the event that there's exclusive Brian Harda Autosport Club access. Yes. Which there is. There is at every race. No, not Bring your key fob. You have fucking lunch with Brian. Probably. <laughs> uh, I'm, an, I'm an enthusiast. You're our market. 
Yeah, that's true. I, I really, yeah, that's true. I really am. <laughs> Bradley, well, but, Bradley uh, gives it the beans on exit ramps on the interstate. That's that's as I close do. to a track day. Besides pace laps at VIR. Exit ramps. Yeah, exit ramps. No, Rob, ask Bradley about... Well, we live in a flat place. Yeah, true. We live in uh, yeah. the coast. There's that is nothing true. nothing straight roads out here. Eastern North Carolina, the inner banks, the outer banks. I mean, he's right. It's very flat, and the most kind of cambered corners are, honestly, exit ramps built in the hills and artificial. Like, that's it's sad to say. Sure. It's uh, funny. Just, if, just trust If them. you go out, um, the the clover leaf by the charlotte north carolina the, by the panther stadium if you go out there on thursday nights at 10 o'clock you can actually see michael lewis and taylor Hagler practicing in their elantra and tcr car oh wow seriously yeah no no no, no. oh no. jesus you got me you how got did, me how did he get you on that one oh. how did he get you on that? i was due <laughs> rob, that was you the whole way you think they'd be able to pay for test days oh my yeah. god it's like jesus see, see i didn't I, even I'm know they lived in charlotte i'm a fan tyler i'm a fan of hyundai and of brian Hurd autosport and even i didn't fall for that Otherwise, you'll you'll see me tomorrow at the ramp going. Where the where are they? Where the where the fuck is Taylor? <laughs> yeah, Bradley. Bradley. No, certainly- I, I will say I've I've taken it up to the Appalachian Mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina, and I've given it the beans up there, and uh, it's it's a great car. It's a it, it'll hold the corners with the Michelin tires, as you said. There they you stay, go. Even the uh, street version stick. Have so you driven the Veloster? No. I have not. So the Veloster is, is, you know, different wheelbase car, short wheelbase car versus a long wheelbase car. Um, I've never driven the Elantra N streetcar, but I've driven both the TCR cars and the uh, Veloster streetcar. Veloster streetcar is awesome. It's an even better race car. Um, I like the Veloster a little bit better than the Elantra, um, except the Elantra TCR car makes awesome turbo noises. Yes, yeah. I heard it so good, which is crazy because the Veloster has a bigger turbo. The Veloster has an AMG Mercedes turbo. That's the size of a desk trash can. So I don't know, (laughs) but (laughs) see, there's, there's, when I was in the market for the car, I was doing my research and there's, there wasn't a lot of Kelly was at at that time. There wasn't a lot of videos at the time of, of the Elantra on track. Um, But there was one video I kept going back to. And that's of, I kind of like the, the weird stepbrother of both of those cars, the Kona N, oh. um, which you look at and you, you is decidedly not very sporty looking, in my opinion. And there's a video of that car just crushing the Nurburgring, mm. and I, I just would keep going back and watching that and listening to it, and it would just it would blow my mind how fast that car wa- car was there. And then I realized, of course, those cars were designed for that track in mind. Well, so you know that would I would love to take it somewhere even remotely like that one day our our paths have diverged a bit over the past year i mean have you taken that thing at the tail of the dragon yet uh over no uh, so I, I took it up there i took it to Asheville with the intention of going to the tail of the dragon and then realized how crowded the road would be and i actually took it to i don't know if anyone knows geography of north carolina i took it to cullowee home of western north western carolina, carolina, western yeah. carolina university and actually found a mountain back road that was as twisty, if not more so. There was probably about two or three versions of the uh, corkscrew at Laguna Seca there. And I, I think I came across one car the entire trip. Wow. So that's that's going to be my go-to route. Yeah, Tale of the I Dragon. I forget the name like, of the road, but yeah. 
That's it's, where Bradley's going to die now. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have Hubert I mean, be like, there's no is. one out here. Rob, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, hill climbs scare the hell out of me. I mean, iRacing has Mount Washington, which we all bought and used twice. I mean, let's be honest. Yep. Um, but uh, hill climbs, like proper hill climbs, when I watch onboard videos, I mean, it's scared. Like rally racing and things like that scares the hell out of me. Um, you guys watch Pikes Peak? I don't. I've not watched it. I think I've seen probably YouTube videos of like onboards. You, you've uh, seen the Evo rolling down the hill, is what you've yes. seen. Yes, probably. <laughs> there's, there's guys, there's guys looking very calm yeah. and relaxed. Yeah, as their cars rolling. Like around. I think of Robert Kubica's wreck where he was trapped. Like it. It just it. That's a new yeah. kind of bold. I mean, uh, there are def, def certainly levels of it. I mean, seeing the Indy 500, uh, even with the error screen, I get scared for those guys. I mean, there's there's levels of bravery, but but man, hill climbs, that's something about that gets me. So cool. Um, Rob, I know I want to switch gears because Rob, we're excited about uh, IndyCar coming back. I want to kind of gauge. I'm really excited. Well, F1 and IndyCar come back in the same weekend. So, hey, let's go around the room and take a poll. Uh, I think everybody knows my answer based on what I'm wearing. Are you more excited for IndyCar to return as a, as a spectator of racing? Or are you more excited about F1? I'm an IndyCar you know, fan, fanatic. I'm more excited about IndyCar. Rob? IndyCar. IndyCar, really. Kyle, do you fall on either side? I am an F1 elitist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I I do follow the uh, Road to Indy, now Indy Next series, because a bunch of my friends are in it. Oh, okay. Um, but decidedly like don't watch too much IndyCar. I watch the Indy 500, of course. And like, I watch them when they go to Barber and Laguna and everything, um, just to cheer on my boy, Connor Daly. Yes. But I am not a huge IndyCar follower, to be honest with you. Yeah. I follow F1. Like I don't miss a race. I'm oh, certainly. a fan of it, certainly. but like yeah. I just Tyler knows over the last couple of years, just IndyCar is kind of just, it um, is cool. Yeah. Stolen my heart, I guess. Rob, Rob uh, flew down with us to Nashville last year for his first IndyCar race, and we got to enjoy the the terrible heat of Nashville Street Circuit in and August. The terrible racing, too. Yeah, it wasn't that great. You actually didn't. Mid-Ohio is uh, so far. I mean, besides the 500, uh, I really enjoy Mid-Ohio for IndyCar, and Barber was really enjoyable. Um, Bradley, last but not least, IndyCar or F1, are you watching any of them? Either. Oh, IndyCar. God. Oh, yeah. IndyCar. The race that Scott McLaughlin won last year. Bradley is a Scott McLaughlin fanboy. So, did you see Scott get in the grass and almost uh, bend it today, Brad? I did not. I have not actually watched any clips of uh, practice today. Well, you're just a true fan, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get into it. it this weekend. I was, got the car. He does. Yeah, I have yeah. the car. What more do I need? Just, I mean, I was, I was into it. I mean, I've not watched clips of uh, F1, but I was, uh, before we went on air, just a bit before, I was on YouTube watching GT America at St. Pete, like just loving live GT racing and in any way I can get it, really. I mean, the great thing about the SRO races, I mean, IMSA, it's it's on network TV or Peacock, which is great. I mean, I I subscribed to Peacock for that reason, but... Uh, the SRO, I mean, you can get it right on YouTube every every race around the world. Uh, you got to love that as a motorsport fan. Do you watch uh, Trans Am at all? So that's a good question. Uh, I have, I and I think these other guys too have not given it its fair shake because Trans Am was there as a support series at Nashville Street Circuit, and that was our opportunity. And what did we do, guys? 
We woke up Hit late from the heat. Well, it was, no, it was in the morning, Rob. So that's a that's yeah. Not and I woke up and it was like no, like almost ninety degrees. That's, at not, gonna, that's not going to work. Crazy. Rob. We all wanted to go eat a fancy breakfast rather than go make Trans Am appointment viewing. So we skipped Trans Am. We didn't see a, a single Trans Am car up close in Nashville. So, uh, and I've not watched it. I don't watch it on stream or on video. So, mm-hmm. so and, no is the answer. N- the answer is no, and I I, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel like it's a good thing. Yeah, but you need to give it a chance, man. Uh, TA two. So there's two series. Uh, in Trans Am, other than the GT series, which is like a support bracket, uh, TA and TA2. The TA cars are 900 horsepower Roush 8s 410 monsters. Like they're just absolute animal machines, but there's only like six of them. But so it's just like MX5 where there's like a hive of bees. Yeah. Uh, TA2, there's like 50 of these dudes. Mm. Like, and they're all in like essentially shopping carts with LS engines in them. <laughs> And it's chaos. It is awesome. And like my old teammate from IMSA's in it, a bunch of guys that are like Indy Next guys or ex IMSA guys or future IMSA guys are doing it. Like there's some real talent, but then it's sprinkled in with people who just shouldn't be there, which makes it even <laughs> more entertaining. Their their broadcast is a is a bit behind uh, because they're doing like stationary cameras and a live stream. Yeah. But every now and then, like you'll catch a circuit to where like it's not super hard to broadcast and it's like properly entertaining and probably even better to see in person. So give TA two a shot. Yeah, we need to do that. I mean, it it kind of gives me that vibe of NASCAR hybrid of gt racing and that's probably a big stretch there but kind of kind of that you know nascar with a wing on it yeah and, and that's that's from an ignoramus about the series but that's, that's my, pretty close yeah that's that's kind of like my initial <laughs> what it looks like uh impression of it uh but yeah, it's like we're gonna we're gonna glue some tubes together and put a v8 in it and send an 18 year old out there good luck <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's great. awesome and it shoots fireballs like what more do you want it checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, right. That's true. I mean, <laughs> we talked about the Toyota, st- Toyota, you know, Gazoo cars, and I'm excited to see that. The Mazda races. I mean, that's some good racing to watch. Yeah. Have you guys seen the field for the GR86 Cup? What kind of drivers are going to be in it? I have not. Yeah. So they're pulling out some serious talent. Like uh, my buddy Tyler Gonzalez is racing it. Um, any fan of TCR? Uh, is going to know who Tyler Gonzalez is. He's just an absolute cheat code out there. Um, Spike Kolbecker, who's a fellow St. Louis, Missouri kid who's been in the uh, road to Indy ladder for like the last three or four years is running it. Aiden Yoder, who's a, uh, like a, a super trofeo Lamborghini multiple, multiple time race winner. He might've even won a championship. Like there's some like serious heavy hitters in these GR86 cars and it's going to be super entertaining. I know we're going to see him at uh, VIR in June, and I'm pumped to see that. I saw actually yeah. just today. I saw that they're they're going to be a support series at Nashville uh, at the street race, and I know these guys said ah, we're not we're gonna we love Nashville, but we're not going back for the race. I'm sitting here undecided. I would love to go back to Nashville for that that weekend. See, the sad thing about our they make it a night race. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. it was hot. The Grand Prix. The weather took us away. Yeah. yeah, they're not going to put lights the, uh, on that. I mean, it's not Singapore. Just, it's not Formula it just, One, Rob. I'm just saying that was rhetorical. Hot Tyler. during the day. That yeah. was rhetorical. Oh, okay. Sorry, Tyler. It's like the rally lights, like yeah. the yeah. hood rally lights. Yeah, no, yeah, we're, we're going to put go. headlights on the IndyCars. Just don't be yeah. don't be <laughs> weak, <laughs> Rob. Be strong. 
The best part of that trip was the you were just as bad as I was. I had a wet yeah. washcloth. I was fine. The best part of that trip was the nightlife. That's what it was. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, true. Going to Tootsie's. I love the city of Nashville, but yeah, just Tootsie's. Yeah, you know how they I advertise I have, that. I, the the race so or the good. city. The 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 city is a whole different thing, but the yeah. the race. <laughs> the city walking around, just like oh, uh, <laughs> we got to get you like a a cool shirt, like the driver yeah. shirt. Yes. Go. Yeah. We right. were get your phone out. We were struggling in Nashville, but trying was... to find evidence. Here we go. What? Watch. Oh, it's a video oh, of yeah. all of us with that face. That face of Rob. That's it was bad, man. Rob. That was a. That was twelve minutes before police call an ambulance for Rob. I'm surprised somebody didn't come up to you and ask you for an autograph. You look like you just got out of the car. See, yeah, okay. that's right. That's the thing is that we went to <laughs> was it. Well, we were at a bar, and they t- I was in the bathroom. Oh, yes, yes. I had an Alex Polo shirt on, we and some Tootsies. random guy. We were at Tootsies. And I come out, these yeah. people start asking me for pictures, and I'm just well, like, You look just loaded. like him, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loaded, and I'm just like sitting there. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, you can have yeah. a picture with me. I don't know why they want a picture with me, but meanwhile, Tyler and them have been telling them that I'm an up-and-coming IndyCar driver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my so God. So I was, I was in. This is how segmented. What more do you need? This is how segmented. I was like, man, these people are friendly. Yeah, this is how segmented it was. I mean, there's a massive street race going on just over the river from all of Broadway. And we're the only douchebags wearing IndyCar jerseys. I'm wearing a Colton Herta jersey at Tootsie's. Rob's wearing an Alex Pillow jersey. Bradley's wearing God knows what. Not a jersey. Took a picture over my shoulder. Yeah. This person yeah. thought Rob was a IndyCar driver. Yes. So I get... Chatting with him about wow. God knows what. A couple ladies were kind of... Like asking me, like, were you in the? Is there something going on? We're like, there's an IndyCar race, like over there. Oh, right over there. There's an IndyCar race. It's massive. Like streets are closed off, and uh, and then they look at Rob, like, is he famous? And we're like, yeah, that's Alex Pillow. <laughs> so they, yes, they go to him. They ask for photos. Rob doesn't know what's going on. Uh, they think I'm Colton Herta. I didn't say that, but it yeah. was it was interesting. Nashville folks. Uh, I mean, yeah. They're in their own world of bachelorette parties and whatever's going on. Meanwhile, I'm yelling out to Rob on the streets of Broadway, there's Scott Pruitt. Like nobody else knows that that's Scott Pruitt. <laughs> but I see Scott Pruitt, you know, Sunday night after the IndyCar race and I'm geeking out. So it was a very bizarre experience. And, and yes, you must tell everybody out. Bradley's Danica Patrick next time. There you go. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yes. I'm going to start growing my hair out in time for all. Yeah. That. Like yeah, she's going through a lot. She's going through a Britney Spears era. Yeah, that's that's Tony Kanon. <laughs> Bradley's Tony Kanon. He's come out of retirement. He's racing at Nashville. There you go. Welcome back, legend. <laughs> but yeah, I'm that, Dario Franchitti. Oh geez, just had to work on my accent. Yeah. The, it, yeah. it was very interesting. Very interesting. Um, but like Rob yeah, said, they, the race wasn't good. They marketed it as like because they'll give all the drivers um, like their marketing deck so that we could go out and try to sell sponsorships for it. And I wanted to do it super bad. Like I had a team that was going to put me in a BMW M4 GT4 car. Like we only had to raise like thirty thousand dollars, and I called like everybody within a hundred mile radius, and they get the deck. And like the first thing the deck says is like it's the first race over water. Oh jeez. And it's like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, really? Oh man. Like we go oh, no, my. we don't go through it. We don't go under it. We go over it. <laughs> <laughs> there are boats oh, under there we, in case the cars fly off the bridge. 
take my money. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of yeah, like wow. Mario Kart. It's exactly like there Mario Kart. That's I, you wouldn't believe how many people say that. Like if I talk to somebody at a bar or something, and they're like, "So how similar is it to Mario Kart on the Wii?" Oh Jesus! And like they're oh, completely boy. serious. Oh boy! And, like these are like adult humans asking this question. I'm a bit so, of a like, sim racer myself. Well, there's, there, the yeah. thing is, there, there are there are moments in my day to day life where I begin to realize that that motorsport fandom and racing is is still more on the niche side, especially road racing. Yeah. You just you get to talking about how these things, certain things that are exciting to me, like some of these videos that I'll take that are thrilling to me of like the heartbreaking zone at road Atlanta or Daytona. I'll show those to somebody like, that's pretty cool. And then they're like, the hell is this? Right. Like that just well, disappointment on, on the lake North Carolina. And yeah. I heard time fine that like, exactly. imagine where I'm well, at. Like, right now I want to talk about racing. There's a bunch of racing this weekend, but we got the Canada games going on. Everyone's just wants to talk about why they didn't have commentary for the youth women's hockey game. I'm just like, fuck uh, me. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's March madness here. And, yeah. uh, the college towns of North Carolina. So there's there's not going to be much enthusiasm for St. Pete this weekend. Well, I mean, they're, yeah, they're no, really impeding on our market share. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In North, I mean, it's NASCAR country, so I'll often put a video up of IMSA uh, or where I was that weekend, and I'll be asked, like, oh, you went to the NASCAR race? I'm like, no, those are not NASCARs. That's a Lamborghini. That's oh, yeah. a, it's an Audi. That's a this BMW. Is this is, it's not a sticker car. And then you say Jimmy Johnson, they're like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, I just told, I told people I use both sides of my brain. Yes. Because I turn go. left and right. There you go. And they're like, oh, that, okay. I'm like, yeah, wine they, and cheese. They, wine they and don't cheese, get it not. because they're only using the one side. Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a cognitive disconnection there. That I mean, that's if we're really, oh, this is going to really irritate the very few NASCAR fans that, pure NASCAR fans that listen to our show. My fellow roundy rounders. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few that love it, and I've, I've been trying to get into it again because Bradley and I grew up on it in Western North Carolina, as everybody knows. Uh, but, I mean, man, you, I can watch a single road car, open wheel or sports car. I can watch a single car do laps at a road course and just watch how the driver's making it around there, watch the rhythm, what they're doing, how they're using the track limits. But if you if you broadcast qualifying single car qualifying at Daytona, for the even the Daytona 500, watching one car go full throttle on the on the yellow line for two laps, I'm asleep. I just I couldn't do it. Can't do it. Yeah, but what about Indy? What about Indy qualifying? Ah, the Indy 500, yes. Lee, the Indy I, 500 I qualifying Diffie. was thrilling. Yeah, I love so it. Not Tyler. No, I could yeah. watch but, that. The Indy 500 qualifying was thrilling last year. I mean, I agree. Yeah, because you, you know you got Sato tapping the wall, like knowing that they're clocking those cars up and that they're trying to get all they can out of it and. Uh, and of course we've gone the last two years, like, was it two? Yeah. Two years. Uh, we're late to the party, uh, but we're resolved to never miss another one. So we're going this year. So seeing it in person, I get, I'm just getting hyped up watching everything. I mean, I'll be sitting on my phone watching practices and qualifying all the way through May. So I, that's different. That's different. I have, I've obviously an appreciation for IndyCar, but yeah, NASCAR, I mean, it's it's rich to say that because our last episode was titled after NASCAR and we talked to NASCAR mostly about the Garage Fifty Six, but so cool. It, it depends I some, on. I have some secret insight on that. If you guys ever want to know, on air or off, off air? the air or on the air? Uh, I can tell you this. So yeah. there was a. Um, I got to see where it was built, and it originally had a giant 
park bench wing on the back. Really? Hmm. And Interesting. then NASCAR corporate saw it. And they, this entire car was developed around this aero package. Keep yeah. in mind, this has been like a multi-year ordeal. And they saw it and they're like, you take that wing off the back of that car right fucking now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that car, I don't know how it's going to drive. I know they just ran it for like 30 hours straight at Sebring. Yeah. But that whole thing was developed to have a gigantic wing on it. And mm. NASCAR said that doesn't meet our brand quality awareness standards. And there's a bunch of Miller light drinkers that are going to make fun of it. So they <laughs> took it off. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The, see, it's the car of tomorrow, the old right. car of tomorrow. I mean, it's, and I, I can understand that. I mean, we're looking yeah. at it in person at Daytona, the, what they had there, I'm assuming was kind of a replica. I mean, it was, but, I mean, they had uh, like, miles of mock-up. Yeah. yeah. But it, uh, I mean, they had to obviously have to make some modifications. Obviously, there have to be lights on I the was, car. Yeah, that's what the I was... Dashes are, the information displayed on the dashes is, yeah. by necessity, different. So, I mean, there's things that have to be done. There is more aero applied. You can tell that. But, yeah, yeah that's... that. I, I do not... Uh, I don't think I would want to be Jimmy Johnson, Jensen Button, and... Uh, is Mike, Mike Rockefeller? Rockefeller, yes, Bradley. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be those guys for 24 hours in that car. Uh, I don't know. I, mean, I would. I just, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I would. Yeah, shut yeah. the hell up, Bradley. <laughs> I, I would yeah. prefer to be in a GTP. Yeah. Uh, would you? Bradley raced two IMSA high racing races in the BMW, and he's a GTP yeah. guy. Uh, which I, I'm, I'm sort of a LMDH driver myself. Yes. Indeed. Right. Speak, speaking of uh, GTP, have you guys already done your Sebring predictions on air? We have not. No. No, we've not. Is it we've too not early? It. No, I don't think so. It's it's March. I think we're safe. I mean, do we want to get into it? I, we got we got two Team Penske fanboys down here that are pretty bitter about <laughs> Daytona, I yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Penske Porsche. I was in love with it. I got my yeah, oddly enough. I got my overpriced uh, jacket uh, that I <laughs> need to wear. Uh, You're financially invested. Yeah. Oh yeah. This has to pay off for you. Certainly. Uh, I hope they do payment plans for a jacket. <laughs> um, I, I well, I picked the Porsches, the Porsche GTPs to win Daytona, and I was obviously wrong. Um, but I don't know. I mean, how do you pick against the Acuras? Unless, I mean, I don't Cadillac. know what's changed. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's Go between Cadillac. the two. That's but, what you do. Now, which one? I don't know. Yeah. Or is there? Yeah. I don't know. Wayne Taylor. Yeah. It's hard to beat. They seem, to, to, they seem to take turns. Yeah. Um, I think the Acura got kind of lucky. I mean, they had the least amount of testing time. I think they had a good day. I think they picked a good day to have a good day. I think the Porsche, when it holds together, it will win yeah. whatever it does. And I think the Cadillac's going to pick up the change. The BMW yeah. is just out to lunch. Yeah, yeah. BMW were just it's yeah. it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, they were kind of in a couple of years. Yeah, they were giving it shade on the uh, YouTube series that Andy Lally hosts. They were kind of setting it up for that, and and then every you know all the chatter on Reddit and Twitter and everything like that. And then of course it came came to be reality. Um, I'm excited to watch the uh, WEC side of M of uh, Sebring as well. I mean, seeing some of those cars come over, uh, yeah, Lamar, chaos. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was uh, last year when they put us both together. I mean, Michelin pilot was like, like forced into like this little corner of, <laughs> of the parking lot. We were like the black cheap. 
Yeah. And when they, they kicked out MX five, wasn't there. Super Trofeo wasn't there. And it was like, Oh, we have to bring a Michelin pilot guys. Damn. <laughs> so it's like, man, we're used to being like second show, man. And now everybody's yeah. like, get off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Michelin pilot for Bradley nights. It's really one of the highlights of our weekend is, uh, I think it's the most entertaining race. Yeah. Like, I'm biased, but I, I mean, did you guys watch Lime Rock last year? I watched that over and over again. Yeah, I don't the, know if I watch Lime I mean, Rock. When we're but. when we're at events, we're we're making it a point to sit and watch all of the Michelin Pilot races because yeah, the yeah. two classes have nothing to lose. Yeah, the two classes are so close to us, and the races are you know it's not too long, it's not too short. Typically, we're at the Endurance Cup races where it's a little bit longer, and um, I just love watching it. I love the TC cars. Really love the TC cars. Um, this, this is very much, I mean, everybody gets this here that listens to this, but the smells, the smells of the TC cars, I mean, at least as a spectator, when you're on the fence, I mean, it has nothing, everything, nothing sweeter. Those cars are just, yeah. Yeah. That nice, expensive VP racing fuel burning. Oh yes. (laughs) Oh my God. That stuff is incredible. Yeah. It's like napalm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Um, It is. But yeah, I mean, I'm more pumped up about IndyCar this weekend. But I mean, it's a good dose. You get F1, and at least in America, you get F1, and then you pretty much segue right into IndyCar. I assume, Rob, that you're going to be doing kind of a marathon and watching both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be the least impressive version of myself that day. Just sitting there watching. <laughs> oh, just you mean sitting and vegging out and not doing anything? Yeah. Yeah. How's uh, Arrow McLaren looking this year in IndyCar? I didn't look Tyler at would know. I, well, I'm a big fan. I did not look at times today, but I mean, I'm glad they kept Felix and uh, I, I'm a big Pato fan. I was screaming for Pato at the Indy 500 last year, um, but I'm glad they have Rossi. I'm glad they have three cars and I'm glad they have TK in a fourth for the Indy 500. Um, I mean, I feel good. I feel like they've got it for Indy. I mean, they're always good at road courses, Pato especially, but um, I think We've seen Felix. We've seen Pato in those cars. I'm really excited to see what Alexander Rossi can do in one of those cars because uh, they seem to always have good potential. Bradley, Scott McLaughlin, comment. He's going to win more than uh, more races this year than last year, I think. Said the, man, bold said the man who somewhat stalked Scott McLaughlin at Daytona. No, that was you. I just got in line to get, this, get his autograph. That's, okay. not, that's sanctioned stalking. Okay. wonderful stalking. perfect yeah that's what i write on all my restraining orders yeah <laughs> it was, it was there, there was practically a line of people doing the same thing so it was okay oh boy yeah bradley is certainly a bus i mean it, what can i say i really can't say much team penske is always strong and mclaughlin knows how to drive so i think he'll get it done i, I don't know if he'll repeat at st pete this weekend uh, but most certainly he's got more wins under his belt Let's uh, let's top it off with F1 because we've given so much glory to IndyCar, and I, I hear people groaning that are certainly into F1 a lot. Uh, I I kind of glanced at it out of the corner of my eye today, Friday, uh, and I feel like I saw a lot of uh, Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso up there. Are we are we thinking that Alonso made a good move and Vettel left at the wrong time? Yes, no, oh, maybe definitely. Oh, he did. Alonzo definitely made the right move. 
I mean, Let's start start buying your Aston Martin they, merchandise oh, now. I love it. They might not say, and that's just right now. Like they might not win the development war that happens over the season, right? Like there's still is anybody from, sandbagging? Is that going to be a thing right now in practice? Um, yeah, in practice one for Bahrain for yeah. sure. Yeah, so yeah. I don't maybe, I don't think that's indicative of the field really at all. Yeah, yeah. two Which practice sucks. two might have been because I think there's there's a lot of qualifying runs happening because it was close going to be close to race conditions or close to qualifying conditions tomorrow or was today for for FP two. Mm. So they've seen some more, but I have a feeling Red Bull's still holding back a little bit. And with all that, are you going to watch NASCAR at Las Vegas, Rob? Yep, you are. I, I, that's not all the right. answer I expected. Yeah. Rob Bradley, where have you been? Resounding Rob's, fuck no. Rob has, Rob's been on the NASCAR Renaissance. He's been, been he's been racing ovals on. I've been racing ovals yeah. again, Bradley. Because your wheel's broken. Yeah. It's well, a thrustmaster. Can it yeah. can it turn both directions? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. little, little question. Doing me dirty. Uh, yeah, Rob's I'm a DD2 the, elitist, man. I, I have the high ground. Oh yeah. Rob yeah. Rob's formula wheel broke, so he has been restricted to an oval wheel. So he's been doing oval racing as a result. Is it because of the wheel or is it because you're getting back into ovals? No, just both. Because NIS started back up. So I told myself I was going to try to run that this this year. So Are you having fun doing that? Yeah, mainly. Actually, no. The first two races have been absolute no. bullshit. No. I've hated every moment of it. But I'm gonna keep this is coming from the man who – this man tweeted <laughs> at Steve Myers his complaints yeah. about that race. When? Or about something. I just, hate their system. I just don't like the system that they have sometimes for some of the over it's like it's just a little too self-policed at times i know you have to with officials like you, you can't control every outcome of every scenario right oh but, you mm-hmm. you tweeted him like recently well it was like tw- i tweeted at iRacing support what i thought you aimed it at steve meyer it was um i think we were on the last few laps and the guy who caused the wreck and took out like half the field he didn't take me out but he was behind me and he refused to apologize and he just sat there in the track going and then i got black flagged with like two laps to go i don't know what any of that job i think you should have just done a better job in your race yeah Yeah. passing under yellow because the guy wouldn't just tow right but he couldn't catch up to the field because he was so why did you why did you pass him so you had to talk to the manager about that you shouldn't have passed him under yellow rob the mistake was yours yeah you should apologize i need i need some more track awareness from you sir Give it the program. Yeah, the exactly. iRacing algorithm is never wrong, bro. Do you forget yeah. to turn crew chief on? Yeah. Is that your problem? I ran out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, Tyler won't even use crew chief, so don't even get me started. I don't trust I use it. it now. I use it. Yeah. Tyler sits there and trusts trust himself to like go down <laughs> pit lane trying to hold the speed and be like, uh, how much gas do I need? For- I think yeah. I think they should do an official series where you have to use one monitor and you're not allowed a spotter. Oh, there's yeah. just no that's, peripheral vision. That's, but that's Tyler. Uh, that's kind of what I do. One monitor yeah. and doesn't have a spotter on. Pretty yeah. much. I, I want to do. I want to turn my spotter off and turn mirrors off, otherwise known as carding. <laughs> yeah, go back to cart. That was the thing that scared me the yeah. most as a as my first time carding is the lack of being able to see what's behind me other than turning my head. Well, so I found myself checking behind me, and I spun like multiple times a lap, and I would lose concentration. Yeah. Because I always wanted to know, is somebody going to come up behind me? Am I going to cut somebody off turning in? That was my biggest fear. You cross that bridge when you get there. That's yeah. that's yeah. guarding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get I passed by the thought. people. Get passed by the fearless people. That's what happened to Bradley. The, exactly. fear, the fearless people and then, just and then, kept going. And then, as we talked about in that episode, be scared to pass a child. Yeah. Every time. If, I, if, if we had had headlights, we would have flashed them, but we didn't, so we didn't. 
Well, I, no, it, it was actually more more funny and dark than that. I was in a faster cart than this kid, but I on the straight he was just fast enough where it wasn't really. I wouldn't catch up to him and could overtake him. So I just rode behind him, and eventually he just wrecked himself. You <laughs> he mind, wrecked into you the, mind he ran off in the grass and, and beached himself. He didn't have any I help from you. Probably, no, you didn't no. give him a little encouragement. I, I think that's what we call in, in the sim racing business a mind punt. Yeah. Mm. You got into his head. I got into his head because he would turn his head and see I was there. And I think he was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. He was much more confident. Don't you know I'm an adult? Yeah. And he's made yeah. way better than you. The more I got, the more I got into sim racing, the more I started to pick up on uh, kind of y'all's terminology. And I've since applied that to pro racing. And my favorite one is uh, the shadow realm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Sending Ooh. people to the shadow realm. Yes, yeah. I use that all the time. <laughs> I hate to see that how that manifests in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Peacock on NBC. Mark there we go. Yeah, there, there we go. go. Ooh, ooh, oh boy. Ooh, ooh. Well, I think we're at a good. God. I think we're at a good point to uh, say cheers for the night. This has been a hell of an episode, Kyle. Thanks for sticking around for the the infamous second half of End of the Apex. And, Thanks, uh, guys. We'll see you back in the studio uh, and the racetrack probably pretty soon. Hopefully. For Rob and Bradley, Bradley in his new home studio. It's uh, beautiful and it's very blue. Very blue. Um, We'll catch you guys next week on Into the Apex. You've been listening to Into the Apex. From Mad Jim Racing Media. Check out the show's upcoming road trips and join the community at intotheapex.com. 